And once again, happy Father's Day. As you could tell, the person that, they, that I said was a rookie was moi. So. So, <laughs> so just to kind of get into it. So when I first thought about what I was going to say today, I really didn't have, I really didn't know what I could say. I mean, literally, Nia's like brand spanking new. So just, <laughs> I mean, I really, you know, from a checklist standpoint, I really haven't gone through anything. I mean, I haven't experienced the terrible twos. I haven't experienced rebellious teenage years. I haven't celebrated shipping her off to college. I haven't experienced much. So, <laughs> so when I sat back, I really thought what I was going to say. I thought back to a time when I first found out that Ketsia was pregnant. And I remember reaching out to Pastor during Ketsia's pregnancy and pretty much just telling him about all the anxiety that I was feeling, the upcoming pressure of protecting, providing for a child, and just overall just, if, just feeling out of place as a father. Like, where do I fit in? And Pastor, you know, Pastor has his cooler than the other side of the, the pillow demeanor where he was just like, hey, man, you just got to get in where you fit in. That's all you can do. So when I thought about that, it brought me to the time when Ketsi and I were waiting for Nia to be born at the hospital. And for those who know, it was pretty much a traumatic experience. And, um, you know, during our 50-hour wait, well, just quick sidebar, waiting for Nia to be born kind of told me what to expect as a ch what my child's going to be like. My child's going to come and do things at our own time. <laughs> so, but during that wait, I was going through my daily devotional and stumbled upon Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. And it says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. So after letting that, those two verses kind of sit, um, I realized that I shouldn't be anxious about anything. Um, that I should relinquish the sense of control that is meant only for God. Uh, to continue to come to him through prayer and supplication. And that I need to accept the gift, the relationship, and the understanding of peace from God. Uh, I've taken those verses and tried to apply them to my everyday life. Uh, I say all of that to say becoming a father is a battle of the mind and spirit. And you need God as an anchor to get through all the experiences that you'll be facing. Being a father is not like what you see on social media. Every, every day will not be rainbow and sunshines. It won't be raining skittles. Your days will vary. Father will force you to take an unfiltered look at who you are. Oh, yeah. It will humble you. Oh, yeah. You will no longer have the luxury to run away from your problems. <laughs> um, you now have an innocent person to guide and to love unconditionally. Amen. Understand that what you have planned for your child may not be God's plans, and you pretty much got to be okay with that. Uh, Understand, understand it is a thankless, exhausting, worrisome, frustrating, heartwarming, loving, motivating, and rewarding job. And honestly, I wouldn't change that prestigious title for anything. So for those who are hearing this, um, or by stumbling on our YouTube page, hi YouTube, 
or within the sanctuary, um, understand that what we may go through, I hope that you gain some perspective. And if all else fails to my, bro my fellow brothers in arms, um, get in where you fit in. Thank you, and God bless. So next we have a very dynamic speaker, a godly man, our own brother Steve. much time I'm gonna let this just go because time is wasting as we go um, I forgot my phone but I will just remember exactly what I said so as you guys look through the pictures I want to just thank God because it's the breath that's in me and that is why I always worship praise God because of these beautiful amazing wickedly talented individuals that Cindy and I have created in this earth. And they're with me through my destiny, through my troubles, through my highs and through my peaks. And we celebrate together real hard. Um, and we enjoy it together with our new son, Ethan, Alex, Luisma as well. And every opportunity I can take, I want to take it with them and I want to enjoy it with them because literally, like she's working with me. So I, I, I truly appreciate that. And I couldn't be a better father without them. And yeah, yeah, that's work. That's work. That's what happens. So I just give God glory for that. I give God praise. Um, let me just read this. Let me stop because you guys are going to pay attention to this and not hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> let me just wait. Um, that's my beautiful wife. I love you, honey. The beautiful kids too, right? It takes two to tango, right? That is, Eth no, I think that was Grace. They look all alike. That is Bethany, by the way. That's Bethany. That is Bethany. That was Bethany. I'm sleeping. I'm tired. Sleep deprived. That is Grace downstairs in the church. That is both of them celebrating. That's them, me bringing them to school. That's me just being silly. And that's me just being silly again. And that's them being silly again. And that's, that's, that's Beth, no, I wasn't sure, somebody, one of them. That's what happens when you're being a father too, you forget your kids' names and everything. You call them Bethany, Grace, Ethan. So, tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm, if I'm wrong as a father, let me know. You don't call them with different names? Alright, see, I'm psyching everybody here. That's Bethany. 
that's them brushing it, well, dentist appointment. That's them on their birthday. I think it was one of them. That's, <laughs> it's, that's them working with me again, you see? They get down and dig it. That's them on top of the refrigerator. You see, I got to work out too. Jack, Johnny, I'm there. And that's them feeding me because I'm hungry. That's them going to church or something. That's them in front of the house. All right, we're going to just pause for a second because this will continue because I'm like, I'm learning from auntie who takes pictures and she takes a lot of pictures and she takes great pictures. And she, she does something that benefits us. She creates memories. And as a father, we need to create memories for our children. This all began on October 2013, where Cindy said to me, Steve, Cindy, I'm I'm pregnant. I'm like, what? I was confused, and I was excited at the same time. Whoever had that experience before, let me know. I had no manual of being a father at the age of 27, but God. I relied on God. I trust in God every step of the way. From the beginning when Grace was born in July. And I continued to follow in May when Grace was born. And I continued to follow when Ethan was born in March. God has control of every man in here. Whether you believe it or not, he gives you things that no man could ever have. He gives you a, such a, a compassion, even when you're frustrated, because I was frustrated with Ethan. I couldn't sleep. That's facts. But God gave me a moment because I was in fear. God broke that fear. Because us men, sometimes we're like, we don't have no manual. We don't know what to do. But the best manual is God. When you trust in him, Believe in him, knowing that, yo, my wife is sleeping. I got nobody. No one can help me but God. And I said, God, help me right now in the midst of this trouble. And I honestly, ain't there is no perfect father. Let's make sure that everybody got their faults and everybody is learning. The moment we need to do is learn from our mistakes. My biggest mistake with grace I mean, my, with Bethany, was not letting her achieve. Like, I was so, I was like a helicopter parent. Like, no, you can't touch my baby. You can't do that. I've learned we have to embrace it. Let the kids open their wings and fly. And that's what we did with Grace. And we let her fly. Now she's a social butterfly that speaks to everybody. <laughs> I have no attack to anything. But you know what? That's good because she's absorbing everything. And as Ethan comes in, I will also do that even more because when you hold them in, you do something that you, 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 you've restrained something that God wants them to do. So as a father, I've learned from each child and I'm continuing learning. I'm not new. I'm not old. As Derek said, I'm a dynamic speaker, individual, and God is just using me every day because God has a purpose for Bethany, Grace, yeah, she's wild. (laughs) And um, 
Ethan, as I leave you guys here, I just want to share something with you guys. There's a passage that I love. Luke 1, verse 37 says, For nothing is impossible without Christ. Nothing. So, fellas, nothing. Whatever we're going through, it shall come to pass. Know that for a fact. And everyone that's watching us and all the fathers and the fatherhoods figures that are watching right now on YouTube, Facebook, whatever platform we have, know that God is in control. Know that God has every last word. With that said, I'm going to introduce our most spectacular individual that we have here. And he's not just a unique individual. I actually look at him as a role model, a mentor, a father figure that brings light to the darkness. Where we can't bring it, where we can't bring that illustration. He brings it clear with a specific way to touch every individual. So Brother Jack, Minister Jack, come up. God bless you, Jack. This is old school, right? These guys are all coming up. Where's my phone? Where's my tablet? This is old school. I'll just uh, open with a word of prayer. Praise you, Father. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this Father's Day, Lord. I thank you for every father that is here today, Lord. I ask even right now, Father, that you touch them in a special way, Lord. Let them feel your presence. Lord, I ask even right now, Father, for the words that I'm about to say, for those things that you've put on my heart, Father, just let it be your words and not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so um, what am I doing up here? So uh, I'm shouting him out. About six weeks ago, Derek comes up and he says, um, I'm going to ask a couple of the guys to, you know, say a few words about what it means to be a father. You know, would you do it? Of course. Of course I'll do it. And then he kind of says, uh, I might ask you to, like, go last and keep talking. Like, what? And then I was like, what, what did he say? I, and then I got home and I said, I, I think he's asking me maybe to like share a word. <laughs> I think so. And um, of course, everything that, uh, everything that I uh, share with everyone is always things that I'm working on. It's things that I'm studying. It's things that God uh, is bringing to my mind. And I'm writing lots of notes about it. And um, so maybe two weeks ago, Derek goes, you're, you're doing the word, right? And I go, yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. I know I'm gonna. I'm gonna share. I, I know I'm gonna share a word. Um, so while a lot of this, I mean, there's a lot of man stuff going around, right? A lot of man talk right now, okay? But this message, while it has a man flavor, it's for it's for the ladies too, okay? Okay. So um, so my message for today is don't put it down. Don't put it down. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 36. But before we get to that, we actually have to pull it back a little bit. 
we have to pull it back. And so I pull it back to uh, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And of course, I read in the uh, New, King, New King James. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And what we see here is a father teaching his son the importance of wisdom. And so we know that the book of Proverbs was written almost entirely by King Solomon, the wisest man in the world. And he wrote that one of the most important things in life is wisdom. We also hear, see here that he speaks of his father, David, specifically in verse 3 and verse 4. Verse 3, when I was my father's son, verse 4, he also taught me. As fathers, perhaps the most important thing we can do for our children is teach them wisdom. The second most important thing is love their mother, but that's another sermon on another day. Wisdom. So I thought about it. Well, what is wisdom? Wisdom is knowledge, and then the capacity to use that knowledge is wisdom. Okay. Yeah, but where do I get that? Where is that wisdom? Where is that knowledge? Where do you find it? Do you find it uh, in school? You get it from your best friend? You find it online? Science. Science is where you get it. No, because science doesn't know the human heart. The only place you're going to get wisdom is truth, and the only everlasting truth is in God's word. Amen. Wisdom is also not one step. Wisdom is a lifetime of steps. Wisdom is being open at each step to learn and then follow those things that God is teaching us, right? It's wisdom becomes a series of choices. It's the knowledge, and I'm going to do it this way. So no, help me, and I'm going to do it this way. And where else but in the Bible do we not only see the knowledge, but the Bible is full of the application. We see people throughout the whole Bible where they, they learn and then they act. The path of wisdom is in God's word. So then I had to pull back into my Father's Day mode a little bit, and I thought about my children. And so you know, my children aren't children anymore. No, they haven't been children for a long time. And I had to, and I had, if I'm honest, I had to think about it, and I thought about it. Did I teach them as much as I could have, should have? Yeah, I took them to Sunday school every Sunday, not dropping them off. We all came to Sunday school. And um, we, also, uh, we also had the little 
Word for Today. That's been around for a long time, and we used to have that devotional in my house, and we would go over it at breakfast every day, right? Okay, it's mom's turn, today's my turn, who's reading? And we would have the little devotional every day uh, for breakfast. And of course, we gave thanks at dinner, and we said grace, you know, at, at, uh, at the meal times. But if I really thought about it, did we really talk about our steps and our choices and, um, you know, real discussion about spiritual matters and our walk with the Lord? And again, if I think about it, not really. I think of the way I kind of think about it was we kind of kept that in a shoebox and we would take the shoebox out and take out that stuff at the appropriate time, and then when we were done, I'd put it back in the box and put it back under the bed, only to come out again the next day or that evening when it was the right time. And so, of course, I naturally thought, too, um, I naturally would have to think back to myself, and i said, well, did I get as much wisdom? Uh, did my father give me all that wisdom? As much as I needed when I was growing up? And, of course, you know, uh, I was of the generation where uh, my father would drop the five of us off to Sunday school, and my parents got an hour and a half of their own, right? Get the kids <laughs> out of here. And that was, the, uh, that was the extent, that really was about the extent of uh, the wisdom being imparted me, at least the biblical truth. Um, so here's the thing. Here's the advice to your fathers. Teach your children to go after wisdom. Don't just say it, but practice it each day, every day. Do it in front of them. Live it, speak it, discuss it, and then reflect on it. And don't knock yourself out if you miss some, you know, you have a few misses in there. Because we have a perfect father, right? We have a perfect father. And in James chapter 1, God says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you graciously and gladly. And if God gives you the opportunity to have grandchildren, it's a blessing, and it's a whole other opportunity to teach wisdom. So that brings me to my message. Don't put it down. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So I've been in Bible study long enough to know that you just can't start a message with therefore. <laughs> What's the context? Right? You can't just start a message with therefore. And so, and so if we just pulled it back a few verses, we realized that the uh, writer of Hebrews, which um, is, is kind of, they're not quite sure who wrote all of Hebrews. We believe Paul wrote quite a bit of it, right? So I might use the word Paul, right? And so um, what we believe uh, Paul was writing to here, he was writing to uh, Jews mostly that had converted to Christianity. And they knew the truth, and they were practicing the truth, and they were on that wisdom path, right? But they were also facing a lot of pressure uh, from the Judaizers, right? That wanted to pull it back and say, eh, eh, this Jesus, eh, are you keeping the law? 
right? And so they were becoming, um, I don't want to say confused, but there was a lot of pressure on them uh, and a lot of persecution to go back to the old ways, uh, possibly ridicule, uh, doubting, um, strong ties to go back, to, to put their confidence back, you know, in the, in the, in the old ways, um, in, in keeping the law. And so, it's a, and so Paul, again, then he says, Therefore, cast not away your confidence. Do not cast away your confidence. Confidence? What confidence? Whose confidence? My confidence? So first I had to ask Miriam again, what's confidence? A feeling of one's power or a reliance on one's circumstances. Faith or belief that one will act in a right or proper way. Or the quality or state of being certain. And I wrote, I know that I know that I know. The thing that I know that I know that I know. That's my confidence. So then it becomes the idea of, okay, what is it that thing that I know that I know that I know? What do I have my confidence in? Jack, what's your confidence in? My mind, my intellect, my education, my financial situation, my family, confidence in that. I know my ability to rise up and get things done. My strength, not just mental strength, emotional strength, I'm not breaking down. Physical strength, the strength in my arms and my back. Right? I'm confident in these things. Mm-hmm. No, no. Again, if I'm honest and I start thinking and I think about that, no, no, that's not it. That's not it. And then I had to remind myself, everybody has, uh, everybody has a verse, right? Or you should, or you will. A verse where really you hear God speak to you and you carry that and you hold that with you. And so mine, for a long time, has been Psalm 73, uh, 23 to 26, but specifically 26. And again, this is David here. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold, my, you hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel. And afterward, receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's none upon earth that I desire beside you. And then 26, my flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And if I'm honest, the more I go through life, the more I lean on this truth. My strength, my physical strength, my mental strength, eventually begins to wane. I feel it already. And I'm becoming more and more aware of it. Now back to being a father. There was a time early, much earlier, a long time ago, when I was an early father, that rookie, right? And uh, I believed I had confidence in my fatherly abilities. Okay, but not the first year. <laughs> not the first year. Why? Because my first daughter, during the first year, I mean, you have no idea what's going on. You, I, I mean, it sounds, it sounds terrible, but you don't know if the baby will live or die. Why? Because they keep crying. 
They, they just keep crying, and you don't know what's wrong. It's spooky stuff. And, and sometimes, and sometimes uh, you end up looking like, you'll end up looking at your wife like she's done something wrong. But don't you know how to fix it? Now, you don't say it. You don't say it, but, but your face may show it. Your face may show it. But then after the first year, you begin to realize you, you have everything under control, and your confidence becomes uh, in your control of things. I'm in control of everything, and I'm confident. That's my confidence. I'm in control. And then you might even have another child, and maybe even another one. And now you understand the whole first-year thing, but you're confident in your control. Heck, you've got everything under control. You believe you still you even got your wife under control. You, you think that, but, you know, I got everything. I'm in comp. I've got everything. I got her under control. That's what you think. And then... And then, and, then t- and then something happens. Something happens. Typically, it could be, uh, let's say, between 4 and 14, depending on the child, depending on the children you have, right? All of a sudden, things are happening that are not supposed to happen. What happened to my control? You begin to realize that you don't have control. Things are happening, and I want it to be done this way. Uh, didn't happen that way, right? You begin to realize you don't have control. And, you, and then you realize that you never had control. <laughs> you, never, you never had control. All that, all that confidence, all that me-generated confidence begins to fall apart. And so the funny thing is here is I didn't cast it away. I just never had it. So the Bible here, cast not away your confidence, is clearly not talking about the me confidence. Because I'm not, I didn't cast it away. I, I just never had it. So what's the writer talking about? What's the writer talking about here? And I got to give you, so, I got to show you something, then you'll understand. So I got to say something about this. This I got This is like a gift that touched my heart, a gift from this church, and uh, my pastor that had that inspiration. I mean, this is like a lovely gift that touched my heart. Um, and God gave me an opportunity to use it for a message. So what's the what's the writer of Hebrews talking about? The analogy here is of a Greek warrior. During the time of uh, Hebrews being written, uh, Greek was in control. Greek was a world power, right? And it was said that uh, Greek warriors, that a soldier's shield was his confidence. This was his confidence. And it protected him, and he could cover himself in it, 
And uh, just, I mean, it's not exactly a Greek shield, but it, you can picture those older shields. They were like literally full body shields and soldiers could cover themselves in it. Uh, they were almost imperitable. Nothing could touch them. So their confidence, as long as they had that shield, they had, that's where their confidence came from. They could act and behave and move forward uh, with their shield. Um, but then it said, don't cast it away. And so what he was referring to was that if uh, in Greece, if a soldier were to put his shield down, I'm done, I'm finished. It was a huge dishonor. It was a disgrace. It was a dishonor, and it was something uh, akin to almost a capital offense. Like if you dropped your shield and put it down, uh, capital offense meant possibly execution, right? Do not cast away your confidence. So they were t they, uh, the writer was bringing it up in the idea that it's, it's the shield. It's, what's pro it's what protects you. He's giving them something to relate to. That as a warrior, you don't put it down. Don't cast it away. Your confidence, then, in the context here, he's telling them, is in the word of God. Your confidence is in the word of God. The truth. You know what it is. You know it's protected you. You know what it stands for. Hold it up. Use it against those fiery darts that Satan would uh, attack you with. God has kept you. Don't be discouraged. Don't be disheartened. Don't cast away your confidence. Interesting, no one can take it from you. Nobody can take this from me. The only way you lose it is if you put it down. You take it off. You put it down. That's the only way. Satan can't take it out of your arm. The other thing, too, is your grip strength is not dependent on you. It's dependent on God. We just said, God holds my hand. God is holding my hand. I can hold on to this forever. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God holds this on my hand. We already said, look around. My heart, my strength will fail, but God will hold it forever. Hold it in such a way that I can cover myself completely in the truth. The only thing we can do is to choose to let it go, to choose to put it down. It kept com coming back to me, don't put, don't put it down. If you do put it down, pick it back up. Don't leave it down. Pick it back up. Hang in there. On verse 30, verse 36, the second part of this. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Yes, yes. But God, it's not easy. It's a battle. We're talking about a battle. Of course it's a battle. What do you think he's talking about? He's talking about a Greek warrior. He's talking about a shield. He's talking about confidence. It's a battle. Right. Don't put it down. Right. The second verse Lays the, lays the idea out. In order to have endear, endurance, in order to endure, you have to have your confidence. You're not going to endure. You put this down, you won't endure. And that's the, that's the, the, it's right there. You need endurance. Endurance 
to do the will of God. And once you've done the will of God, you will receive the promise. We all want the promise. We all want the reward, right? Well, in in order to have the endurance, don't put it down. Endurance, the ability to with endurance, the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, to sustain a prolonged effort, to persevere. How to achieve the the endurance? The Bible tells us the only way to develop perseverance is through the testing of our faith. Don't put it down. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. It's not the battle, it's the endurance. We need to endure. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. I mean, it says it again right there. Your endurance is evidence of your worthiness to the kingdom of God. And you're not going to endure if you put your confidence down. So remind yourself. Remind yourself where your confidence lies. So I thought first, like, Pick it up in the morning. Now, wait a minute. I just said, don't put it down. And then I thought about it, right? When you go to bed at night, you're not sleeping like this. Cover yourself. Don't put it down. Cover yourself when you let go to sleep at night. Protect your mind, your body. Satan can attack you when you're sleeping. Cover yourself. Don't, Don't put it down and pick it up in the morning. Don't put it down. Ask God to give you the strength to hold it. Position it in such a way that it protects all of you. Always ready. I encourage you at this time in your life that if you've put it down because you felt tired, defeated, overwhelmed, remember once you had it, go, life ain't over. Go pick it up again. It's the endurance. It's the endurance that matters. And you need the confidence of God's word to endure. And if you've always lived your life on your own, you've always lived on that me confidence. I'm confident in my abilities. I'm confident. If you've always lived your life on those me confidences, it's not too late to begin a relationship with Christ. It doesn't matter if you pick up and hold on to this shield for a lifetime, many, many, many years and years and years, or it doesn't matter if you've just picked it up today as your first day and God calls you home tomorrow. Just don't put it down. And so I finish with this. The wisest man in the world said wisdom is one of the most important things, right? The wisdom of man we know is foolish to God. Confidence is in I know what I know what I know. The only thing that you can know that you know that you know, the truth, the only truth, is in the Word of God. Put your confidence in that. Also remember that wisdom is a series of steps. It's not overnight. I'm not the wisest guy in the world today. A little bit each day. 
Cover yourself in that wisdom. Don't put it down and endure to the end. We thank you.